Happy Brews Day Tuesday, everybody. My name is Caroline King, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. much for tuning in. I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, today we are going to visit Monday night brewing. And when I go to Monday night, um, we get to sit down with VP of operations, Rachel Kylie and brand coordinator, Aaron Williams. They are so great. We talk about everything from new releases to piranhas. <laughs> you definitely won't want to miss it. I hope you enjoy. Oh, Rachel Kylie, how are you doing? Doing great, thank you. Awesome. If you could just introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do here at Monday night. Uh, my name is Rachel Kylie, and I'm the VP of Operations. And that means for our company that I <laughs> manage our sales team and our production team, um, as well as our brewery engineer. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So, what does if there is such thing as like a typical day for you? What does like a typical day look like for you? Ooh, girl. I know, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, Mondays and Fridays, which are sort of bananas, tons of meetings. Um, I The day usually starts off with production-related concerns because they start so early. So that kind of stuff starts popping up around 5, 6 a.m. And then sales issues don't really start coming in until 9, 10, 11, because they sleep in. Uh, and then um, production issues are typically resolved you know, around two, three, particularly when our warehouse closes, and then sales kind of stuff keeps coming through until if there's events, you know, eight, nine at night. Awesome. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty exciting. So now, how many states is Monday Night Brewing available in now? Uh, three. So wow. we're in, uh, we're statewide in Georgia and Alabama, and essentially statewide in Tennessee. I think there might be like a county that we're not distributed <laughs> in, but yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I have my friends, um, you know, Tanner and Dar Jared from uh, Brew Chat. They run that podcast up there, and then you guys sent them like this big, beautiful, like beer package. They were super excited about that. Yes, our uh, I was gonna say, Aaron uh, is really awesome about sending out um, beer packages, and I've heard a lot of people say like, "This is the nicest beer package. It's got like padding, so nothing's yeah. broken." Yeah, I get the beer packages, and I'm very, very happy about it. So, <laughs> um, so what's kind of the? Because I, I mean, I've been coming to Monday night for I mean, ever since I moved to Atlanta, and I'm so excited to even be in here interviewing you guys. So, what's sort of for people who haven't heard of Monday night? What's the story? How did you guys get started? Uh, yeah, so we started, um, gosh, like maybe, I'm going to maybe get the details wrong on this, but like 15 years ago um, in our CEO Jeff Heck's garage uh, brewing um, on Monday nights, which is why we get the name Monday nice. Night Brewing, which is the number one question I get asked, like why Monday Night Brewing? And then the second one is um, why weekends are overrated? Like weekends are like objectively not overrated. Um, <laughs> but I think it's more to communicate the sort of um, idea that 
drinking isn't just for the weekend. Right, and it's that every day. It's about community, yeah. <laughs> and so you can get together on a Monday night with coworkers, um, with friends, with neighbors, with random people from the internet if you invite them um, to <laughs> brew beer in your garage on Monday nights. So um, Jeff, Joel, and Jonathan all were working um, corporate jobs, and so they'd come home, they'd take off their necktie um, and brew beer together. And so that's another question we get asked is like, why the necktie wall? And people will come in and say like, oh, should I wear a necktie while I'm here? And it's actually more the ethic of taking your necktie off or loosening your necktie. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually we have this giant tie wall in our, one of our tap rooms and um, uh, all of those were donated. Oh, I was going to ask where those came from. So yeah. they were donated. That's awesome. People just came in and one by one donated them? Or? When we first opened, I want to say for maybe the first year, we would give people a discount on their tour. That's back when we did the ticketed tour tasting number. Oh, wow. And I think that like the Georgia Tech guys figured out that the Goodwill sold neckties for 25 cents. So <laughs> they would buy like a bunch of neckties and then... Uh, which is the Goodwill like right across the street from us here, and then come in and get their discount. But whatever, we got a ton of neckties donated. That is so cool. I that makes me love it even more because it's such a cool feature wall. Because you have, you always see like if you go through y'all's Instagram, mm -hmm. you always see the necktie wall, and that's such a cool feature. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I got married here, and I have. 200 photos in front of that wall. <laughs> That's awesome. And then speaking of your husband, your husband is Peter Kiley, who is mm -hmm. the brewmaster here. So how long have both of y'all been working here? So I uh, had my seven-year work anniversary mm -hmm. on May 5th, which I will always remember because it was Cinco de Mayo. And, <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, right? And then uh, Peter started working maybe, let's see, I started in May, so he started working the following March. Wow, that's um, awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. So how is it working? Um, do your paths cross a lot during work, or how does that work for you guys? They, they, they do. They cross <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, you asked me, like, what my typical day is, and I'd say it's a lot of meetings. It's a ton of meetings. I have a ton of direct reports. I have a lot of standing meetings, a lot of one-on-ones, and I'd say my husband is in about half of them. Wow. Um, yeah, so we have more communication throughout the day that's professional in nature than we do personal just based off of like time available in a day that's awesome yeah that's um, cool very lucky that I don't get sick of him because I would <laughs> if I did I would like super be sick of him <laughs> we spend a lot of time together well because I interviewed him um about five months ago for my article on craftbeer.com um because he's you know like he's just doing so much for the beer industry mm -hmm. and for Monday night and um but yeah, and then at the Brewer's Bonfire a few months ago, I, that's when I put two and two together. Of course, you guys were married. Um, and he just seems like the biggest cheerleader of you I've ever seen. Like, I just thought that was so inspiring to see, like, a couple that works together. And then seeing, like, a husband build up his wife like that, I just thought that was really, really cool. He is. He's a very big cheerleader of me. And um, <laughs> he'll often, like, overstate my... Uh, accomplishments as well He'll be like yeah she graduated like top of her class at University of Chicago I'm like I made it through <laughs> I did not graduate at the top of my class but um, he starts really he's known for starting really good rumors about me uh, which I'll totally take I love it no you guys are great together and I I it just kind of brings together that family atmosphere that I've always felt at Monday night and um, I just find that really fun. There's all these like cool, quirky stories. Like we just, as before, as we were coming into the conference when we walked past your actual piranha tank. Like. Right, <laughs> yes, which they were alleged piranhas for a while. We couldn't, we took, they had to get bigger for us to verify whether they were piranhas or 
Um, what was the all other fish? There's some fish that people sell as like a fake piranha, um, <laughs> but it turns out we've got the real deal piranhas. That's pretty awesome. And we started out with maybe eight, and now we're down to three. Because they eat each other. Oh, I was about to ask, what do they eat? Like, I, yeah. I guess each other. You just answered it for me. <laughs> we did, like, blood worms at first, and then tiny fish, and now... I mean, it's basically... Nobody wants the job of feeding the piranhas, but... Ooh, yeah. So it's not me. But. Oh, my gosh. And then the, you guys got the piranhas. Was that... That was before Piranha Dealer, the beer, came out, right? The strawberry milkshake IPA? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in fact, that... Uh, beer was named after the piranha tank. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Because there was because of all the question about whether or not they were real piranhas, and we're like, oh, did you find a shady piranha dealer? <laughs> like, is this some alleged fish vendor? And so I'm not sure what it had to do. It always ma- it makes sense in, at the time. You know, when we're naming a beer, we're like, wouldn't it be hilarious if... And then it all ends up being a little bit of an inside joke. That's pretty hilarious. That's a great yeah. inside joke. And because I remember being here one time, and they were, um, they were like, "Oh, do you want to see our piranhas?" I was like, "There are really piranhas." Mm-hmm. Yeah, very impressive. So, has anyone ever tried to put their finger in the tank? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I don't think they're big enough yet to bite. I mean, maybe they nibble. I mean, they have to bite. They eat other fish, but. I'm actually, now that I'm talking about this, I'm not even confident we're supposed to. Can you have piranhas in an office? Oh, I don't know. I can edit it out if we find out that it's illegal <laughs> to have piranhas, and then we'll just bleep out piranhas or something and fill it in with, like, teddy bears or something. Oh, yeah. Can, are you allowed <laughs> to have teddy bears in an office? Exactly. <laughs> we'll find that out so yeah. I don't get you guys in trouble. <laughs> um, and then, so... Y'all are, we're having the, actually by the time this episode comes out, the anniversary will have just happened. Um, And then uh, how many years has it been for Monday night now? It'll be eight. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I just, I mean, it's just amazing to me how the landscape of craft beer has changed in Georgia since then. How do you guys feel like you've kind of enhanced it and contributed to it since it started? Well, Monday night brewing has changed a lot in those eight years. I mean, so we, we launched in August eight years ago, whatever that, 2011, and um, we were keg only. We had three beers. We had Eye Patch, which was an English-style IPA, wow. which is not a super popular style anymore, by the way. Uh, Drafty Kilt Scotch Ale, which Ooh. is inexplicably still popular for us because it's a Scotch Ale in the South that sells. And then Fu Man Brew, which we also no longer make, which is that, oh. um, I know, Belgian wit with ginger. People love that beer, um, but the sales just didn't match the, the love. Um, whenever people come to me and tell me, they're like, oh, I loved Fu Man Brew. I'm like, you should have bought it. Yeah. <laughs> where was your money? Um, and so That's we, a perfect response yeah, to that. <laughs> where was your money? Uh, we were draft only with just those three beers. And we were actually, we started contract brewing while we built out our space here. Wow. Um, so Thomas Creek was um, contract brewing that for us. And oh, also wow. Lazy Magnolia over in Mississippi did a little bit. Um, they actually have a female uh, owner of their brewery, Leslie. Um, and she's a super capable engineer. Um, and then uh, we opened this facility. We opened our first like brick and mortar and started making our own beer. Uh, I want to say like a year later. Wow. Yeah. A year and a half later. Wow. That's. I mean, it's and it just seems like it's just one of those Atlanta staples that you have to go to. And and then you guys opened the garage not too long ago as well. How long has the garage been opened? Two years. Yeah, September twenty seventeen. Wow. Yeah, September twenty seventeen. Two years. Um, and. Uh, Right, so I mean, we opened with you know contract brewing with uh, keg only, only three beers, and now we have two brick and mortar locations. We've got a couple brew houses. We've got 
Uh, at our anniversary party, which is coming up in uh, our eighth anniversary party on August 3rd and 4th, um, we'll have over 55 unique beers. Wow. Which is, to me, like something I'm so personally proud of to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, 55 unique beers on draft, which I'm pumped about. That is amazing. Because, I mean, at first, I, it sounds very surprising, but I'm not surprised at all with you guys because I feel like I'm always seeing, like, new, interesting, cool beers. And especially y'all's bottles. Your bottle game is just, like, I, I feel like it's unmatched. I, I absolutely love all, everything that I've had here. Um, and so for people who don't know the difference between the two locations, so what's the difference between the original Monday Night location and the garage location? So the bulk of our production happens out of the original location just by volume um, this is where we make slap fight and where we'll make Lundy and this is where we make anything we can we make here at the original location and I'd say you know 95% of our brew staff is here at this original location it's where our, our fancy canning line is nice um, yeah and then the garage location is where we do um, wood wild sour in production. And wow. so all of that stuff is, it takes a lot of like detail and attention. And Tim McDonald runs that program over there now, and he is the perfect guy for it. Um, but it's a lot of low and slow. And so it's we do food or fermented beers. And we do beers that take, you know, um, mischief managed, which will oh, is I a, I know, it's like my favorite, so good. is a no boil Berliner Weiss that we put into Sauvignon Blanc barrels and then it kind of sits, right? You know, there's sampling and there's moving the, the um, uh, barrels around a little bit and then there's the fruit processing day and then you kind of put that in there and then you wait and then you have to process it and get it in bright and then get it in bottle. But all wow. of that stuff happens, it's like slowly, you know, a day here, a day there. Um, he's got a ton of different projects in the work at any time. But um, here at the original location, Traybert, it's lightning fast. Everything is quick. Our canning line does 220 cans a minute. It's we crazy. Are, yeah, they're oh cruising. Like, pack off is a uh, hustle. So these guys are cruising, cruising, cruising. We, we brew 24-5. Um, and not a lot of our 30-barrel, four-vessel um, brew houses automated. So they are running up and down the stairs, opening and closing valves. Um, wow. you know, milling in specialty grains, 50 bag, 50 pound bags over their head. It's very physical, very fast. Um, it's a really different pace between the two locations, <laughs> you know? Wow. And it's, I just love the vibe at both, both locations too, because there's just so much space in both of them mm -hmm. and so much, so many different things going on. Um, and then, so how long, um, what's your background in the beer industry? How long have you been in the beer industry? Um, so I really started in the beer industry with Monday Night Brewing. Um, I awesome. moved down, yeah, I moved down from Chicago to Atlanta to open Monday Night Brewing. So I was awesome. the employee number one. That's which so cool. Was kind of kind of cool. Um, my HR number was two <laughs> until we moved over to a new system, which is kind of crazy. It's like when you see those license plates that have like one letter, you're like, how? What did you do? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I was employee number one, and I, uh, the CEO, Jeff Heck, is my brother-in-law. So that's how I'm that's connected awesome. with the guys. And I used to live with him when the Broners, which is what I called Jeff, Joel, and Jonathan, <laughs> the Broners. It works when you say it. It's, you can't really spell it. Um, the, the Broners would get together on Monday nights, and I was staying there. And so I was around for all the homebrew stuff I got to try. I got to do one of the first blind tests for Drafty Kilt. And um, so I was excited about the liquid, and I knew the guys, and I was excited about what they were doing and really trusted um, that they would make something great. And so I packed up all my stuff into a little Chevy Aveo. Wow. It's a pretty sweet car. 
<laughs> and I think like manual windows, and then uh, came down and started that. That's awesome. What part of Chicago did you live in? I lived all over. So I did go to the, I went to the University of Chicago, which is on the south side of the city. That's um, awesome. Not that far from where Barack Obama lives. Yeah. Or lived or was going back to his library. And um, but I also lived in Wicker Park, Lincoln Park, Ukrainian <gasps> Village. Awesome. I used to live in Chicago as well. Oh, really? Why? I, I, so my first neighborhood was Boys Town, mm-hmm. like Melrose and Broadway area, and yeah. then lived in the Gold Coast, like um, Gerda and Dearborn. Then in Old Town, I lived at Schiller and Wells, like right in the middle, like right by Second yeah. City and everything like that. Ugh, it was the best. I used to babysit for a family on Wells and uh, maybe is it Clark? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And so I would get off work and I you know you have cash which is like awesome and you're yeah. in college and I would go to those bars and stuff along that strip in Old Town. A lot of great bars up there. Really nice. <laughs> Good Italian food. Oh my gosh yes I miss Chicago. I love it so much. My dog's name is Wrigley so I'm a big Chicago oh, fan. Oh no are you a Cubs fan? <laughs> I am sorry. Oh, that's all right you can stay. Um, I'm, I did a so and I just say my background in beer I did bartend for a couple years um, oh, nice. which is kind I like having a background in beer. I mean, you yeah. develop a passion for the the product and the people around it. But I used to bartend at some places off of um, 60th and like Lakeshore, essentially. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Um, so I feel like Monday, like we were talking about, Monday nights come so far since you all started. Where do you see Monday night going from here? Well, um, we're opening a third location, which yes. we're super excited about, um, <laughs> in Birmingham. It'll be a new challenge. Um, you know, we've done this sort of like large-scale production facility. We've done the sort of low and slow Wood Wild Sour, and now we're at layering in a food component, um, and yes. we'll also have a cocktail program with a brew pub in Birmingham. So it'll be at the um, Denim Development um, right near, if you've ever been to Birmingham, or if you're familiar, by the Barons Stadium. I have not, I'm not familiar enough with Birmingham. I've been there a couple times, but that's really cool because I would totally be down to just go out there and visit just for that. Yeah, it's an easy drive. And um, Barons are deeply popular in Birmingham. I guess they sell out on Thursdays. Wow. Like people go and they love it and have an awesome time. That's awesome. Yeah, they do like a Thirsty Thursdays. Yeah, I'll go to that. That's awesome. Yeah. Birmingham's just such a cool little town anyways. It's like kind of was like nothing a while ago and now it's kind of like up and coming again um I, so that's really cool I love it they do and it seems like I mean I've stayed in a lot of different Airbnbs in different neighborhoods because we started selling beer in Birmingham four years ago and so I visited a lot in that capacity wow and um each time it's in a different neighborhood and I discover some fun little pocket and um yeah there's these beautiful old homes they have a lot of cool breweries there too I mean people doing really good stuff so um, I'm actually going in two weeks, and I'm going to be able to check out Ferris Ooh. and Trim Tab and some other people who I haven't had a chance to visit yet. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's going to be so much fun. I feel like you guys will fit in really well over there, too, because it just seems like all the different breweries and everything out there, like the community really embraces them out there as like their state beer. So I think that'd be really cool for you guys. Yeah, they do. They have a lot of, they have a really engaged craft beer community. Um, they have really engaged like craft beer Facebook groups, but also Free the Hops has been like a real, you see people with things on their like houses and cars, like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't actually know if I've seen anything on anybody's house, but like they're, they're just, they really draw a lot of identity from being a fan of the craft beer community in Alabama. So we're excited to be a part of it. And people have been very, very welcoming. They're excited to have us there and 
it's been awesome. That's awesome. I'm super excited for y'all. Um, and then one thing I kind of like to ask, um, so what is, what was your like gateway craft beer that got you like interested in beer? Hmm. Um, I think, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong, but I had an old speckled hen. Is that oh, right? Yeah. I've, I think I've heard of that. I don't know if I've actually had it though. I mean, it's been a long time. I should revisit it. In fact, they used to have it on tap at a uh, tap, which was at Peachtree and 14th there. They used oh, to be cool. like, the only place I could find it on draft. But I remember ordering one and thinking, I am so cool. I like craft beer. This is an <laughs> old style, you know, because old style is what we drank in college. Yeah. Because um, you could get 12 of them for, I don't know, 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and so, but yeah, yeah it was an old, to you it was an old speckled hen that I had. <laughs> And also, I, I went to um, boarding school my last two years of high school oh, wow. in Swaziland, which is in southern Africa there, right in between South Africa and what? Mozambique. That is mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. it was, And also kind of crazy because people would be like, oh, it's the drinking age. I'm like, there's no drinking age. I don't know. You just, they just give you beer. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to have a lot of uh, the, so what was really popular there was um, Heineken, mm-hmm. was super popular. And then there was a black label, the Carling's black label but they sell them in liter bottles so the trick is to drink it fast enough before they get hot um but yeah I drank a lot of uh um those sort of like European macros in I guess it was sort of high school nice which sounds crazy to say it that way I wasn't like drinking beer in high school but you you know it's it's normal there Uh, quote unquote none of us were yeah 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 yeah, sure (laughs) Interfered with my studying, right, Mom? <laughs> yeah. How long were you in Africa for? That is incredible. So I was there for two years um, in the space. So it's in the Southern Hemisphere, So and so the school year is kind of flipped. So I went during um, – I was there for two years, which would be like January of my senior year of high school in the U.S. to November of what would have been my freshman year of college in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. That was awesome. So how um, how was sort of I'm like so fascinated by this now. So how like what, what sort of culture shock did you sort of feel, or if there was one at all, when you lived over there? Yeah, I mean, definitely culture shock. I don't. I definitely. I didn't know what I didn't know. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I learned a lot really quickly. Um, I went with the. I did an IB diploma program, so I went with the United World Colleges. Wow. And they send one American student every other year. I think every other year. Yeah. And so, and there were very few Americans there. Um, the school was mostly uh, students who were Swazi or diplomats kids from other countries. Wow. Um, and then there were some international students from around. So like my best friend was this girl, Kate, from Wales. Really just sort of, you know, meeting a lot of different people. And it was in 2005, which is during the Iraq War, oh, which wow. meant there was not a ton of love for America. And I yeah. remember, and it was the first time, and that was probably like the nexus of the culture shock, which is that I was suddenly thrust into being the spokesperson for an entire country, oh um, of which, you know, you're 17, 18 years old, like how much do you know about politics anyways? I don't so know true. how much I know about politics now. Uh, and so but people would ask you like, oh, well, what do you think about this? And you're sort of obliged to have an opinion. Um, so, I, I mean, can totally relate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was a little, a little crazy. But it was an, um, an awesome amount of um, freedom for somebody of my age. And so wow. to say, like, hey, go to this different hemisphere and um, you're on your own. You don't have any supervision, really. 
and study, be a good student, um, get along with people, don't be an a hole. Yeah. Um, but you also, can curse on the podcast. Oh, okay, good. It's called bitch beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't be. I forgot to remind you of that before. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> coach myself into not cursing so much because okay. I do have a baby. That's right. And I and I realized like the other day I was like, oh, why are you being such an asshole? And I was like, oh, I don't really want his first word to be asshole. So I'm trying to be like, <laughs> so maybe his first word will be a hole. But I'm like trying to re <laughs> re coach myself. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm definitely not allowed to babysit my niece and nephew because uh, my nephew said the F word about four times after I left <laughs> for my last visit. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just can't help it. <laughs> I just can't help it. You know, whenever I, you know, working in sales and craft beer um, and in the South too, you run into these, what I would call like a good old boy who will be like, oh, <laughs> they're like, and I said, you know, get the hell out of here. And they're like, excuse me, miss. And I'm like, I used to bartend on the south side of Chicago. I guarantee that's the least rude thing I've said today. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. So. Oh, I know. My dad, he listens to the podcast, and he'll be like, why do you have to curse all the time? I'm like, did I curse? I don't even <laughs> I don't even know. He's like, I have a 13-year-old sister, too, and she, like, follows everything that I do. I love her. And so I do feel slightly guilty for, you know, not having a filter and, you know, I know when my dad's calling, I'm like, all right, what did I do now? <laughs> nah, we have HBO. Like, everyone's heard everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, let's see. I like to ask some, like, random fun questions. What's your favorite trash TV, if you watch any? Oh, well, I feel bad calling it trash, but uh, <laughs> Law & Order SVU. <gasps> I've seen every episode. I literally have seen every episode. Oh I feel like gosh. we should sit down and talk yes. about it. Um, I got sick. I forget even what it was. Maybe like mono, something that keeps oh. you in bed for a while. And I started with season one, episode one. Oh my God. It's all on Hulu. It's all on Hulu. I think, or maybe it was on Netflix at the time. Ooh. But I watched every single episode. And oh. um, yeah. My friend Aimee was just on this past season. She was like one of the, she was the um, homeless girl that was like, had like a, I, I Gosh, what did she do? She like was, yeah, she was the homeless girl on it. I'll show you pictures. She has pictures with Mariska Hargitay and everything. I'm like, I am so jealous of you. She's <laughs> aging so well. Every season I expect, and it, but not like in a fake way either. No, it's so nice. She's got those gorgeous like Jane Man Mansfield jeans and everything. Ugh. Yeah. I can't do, I can't do uh, reality it, TV shows, they move too slowly. Yeah. I feel like I lose interest. Yeah. But any, my um, husband, Peter, will say, like, I will watch, I would watch Law and Order, you know, um, Decatur, Georgia. Like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with the idea of it. And any sort of real crime or true crime. Oh, my gosh. Or, he was like, why are you so interested in women getting assaulted? Which I'm like, I'm not. I don't know why. I just can't not watch any of these shows. I love those shows. And, like, the, like, Snapped and, like, all the, yeah, true crime stuff. I'm yeah, a total absolutely. junkie for it. So, yeah. But, you know, you hear all these crazy stories. Like, my girlfriends will talk about their boyfriends and be like, oh, yeah, he's so, like, blah, 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 this happened. And I'm like, girl, this is why there are 26 seasons mm -hmm. of Snapped on Oxygen Network. You know, these guys got to watch out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And someone was like, oh, can you believe this? I'm like, yes, I can totally fucking believe this. Yeah. Like, this is the most believable thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to murder anyone. It's no. fine. <laughs> no. I just like I need to know all the ways in which I could get murdered so I'm prepared, you know? That's such a good point. Yes. And then how quickly can you guess who the killer is, like, within an, a Law & Order SVU episode now? That's the whole trick, right? It and is. That's the, yeah. Um, Peter got one last night, actually. At the beginning, he was like, it's the judge. 
And he was right within the first, like, 60 seconds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's really impressive, That's pretty actually. Good. Pretty good. And it was the judge. That is really impressive because I'll sit here and I'll be like, you know what? It's the brother. It's definitely the brother. Or, oh, oh, this one guy, that one bartender who was, like, cleaning the top of the bar. No, mm-hmm. it's him. They only featured him for a little bit. He's coming back. <laughs> yeah, when they hold the camera too long, you're like, is this significant? Or is this just sort of like a space filler? What are they foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. So, um... So we've got the anniversary, which when this episode comes out will have just happened. Um, what other events do you guys know about that you're that you have that you're looking forward to? A lot. Yeah. A lot, yeah. I mean, Aaron could probably speak to that better than I could. Um, yeah. The thing yeah, I, I could talk a little bit about. Yeah, of course. Um, hi. Okay. This is Aaron. <laughs> yes. Aaron Williams, the, the marketing coordinator guy yes. here from Monday Night Brewing. But yeah, so we've got, uh, of course, the anniversary party that just happened uh, August 3rd and 4th, um, and everyone had a beautiful and wonderful time. Of course. I think our biggest event that we've got coming up is actually one of our new can releases. Um, it's Lundy, which is our new India Pale Ale that's going to be part of our core rotation. Uh, that actually, yeah, when this podcast comes out, it just came out um, just uh, just a couple of days ago. So uh, super soft, elegant IPA, dangerously drinkable, I like to call it, at 7.1%. It's, you know, it, it's, a, it's an IPA for people who don't necessarily think they like IPAs. I love this IPA. Yeah. It's got, I love IPAs, but I, I love too. this IPA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the nice part about it is that the way that they made it, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, I think they used a lot of the hops in the second and third edition, so it was a lot of the aroma and a lot, a lot of, of the flavor, mm-hmm. but not a lot of the bitterness that you usually get with that first hop edition. So wow. we were able to kind of extract really a lot of the flavors um, and the and the aroma of a of a really nice uh, yeah, IPA. Yeah, all the good and juicy in this beer is in the Whirlpool edition hops and in the um, mid firm um, dry hops, and then we obviously do like a, a final dry hop. Yeah, and the nice thing about it, I think, really too, is we've got wheat and oats in this too in the malt base. And I think that really adds to the mouthfeel of it too, um, which so it's so we we call it like soft and elegant. Um, our, our marketing for it's got a little bit of a French twist to it, so you'll see a lot of really cool uh, stuff going on with that, and a lot of cool events that we've got planned yeah. out in the market too. Yeah, we'll have it at um, the Grant Park Summer Shade Festival, um, which is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> to check our calendars, yes. We've like, got, this. Uh, this is our third year at Grant Park Summer Shade, and it's one of my favorite festivals. They have um, vendors. You can get art. You can get tasty food. And also, Grant Park is gorgeous. Live music. Grant Park is um, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, but we're going to have that out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vamp for you until you get the date right. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, pretty it's much. the weekend of August 24th. There you go. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so we're gonna have that. We're gonna have a ton of different events that we're going to going to be out there as well too. So whenever you see Monday night, we're more than likely going to have Lundy out there as well, uh, in all three of our markets in Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia too. So mm-hmm. I think that's our that's our biggest push that we've got going on um, for the rest of the year. Really, uh, you can expect to see as far as the garage goes, uh, situational ethics are big. Uh, Imperial Stout, thirteen point eight percent Imperial Stouts that we have. More or less, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're gonna have uh, three new of the uh, ones of those coming out. It's the first weekend of December, so that's gonna be coming out. We're gonna have a really cool VIP event for that too, and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. If anyone's been to our events before uh, with Situation Athletics, so they'll really dig it. So I'm also really excited about now that I'm thinking about upcoming releases. We're gonna do Space Lettuce in six pack, twelve ounce cans. Stop. 
it. I right? am so excited. You, Aaron has seen me here at pretty much every release of Space Lettuce, and I'm sitting there getting myself a giant case of it. Like, I've got bills due, but if that Space Lettuce <laughs> is coming out, they can wait. <laughs> no, I'm so excited about it. And it's just a, um, it's become a staple, and like, it's people ask about it in the market all the time. Yeah. Can I order Space Lettuce? Can I order Space Lettuce? Can I order Space Lettuce? So be able to make it in a more sustainable way in the six packs and have it available, great. That's awesome. Give people what they want. Exactly. And I think the other thing is too, you know, a lot of the times, uh, sometimes our, our external markets, uh, Tennessee and Alabama, don't necessarily get right. some of those uh, sp small batch uh, releases that we have, but we're going to really kind of go all out and get a ton of stuff in the market for those for the folks that maybe not have had the chance to have it. So uh, I'm excited about that too. Yeah, I think we're going to uh, target launching that in the end of September, beginning of October. Wow. Oh, and, awesome. and one more. I forgot about that one. Silkscreen. We've got that eventually coming out, oh, too. Oh, yes. So, yes. Yeah. So, low ABV IPA. Uh, I think it's 5.3. Nice. I think it is. So, yeah, but it's got all that. Again, we use a lot of that dry hop uh, in the in the, in the the aroma and flavor edition, so it's not super hoppy, but it's got a lot of flavor for a 5.3 ABV uh, crusher. And, yeah, uh, and that was a heavy, like a big favorite in our hop hut. Mm. So, we have the hop hut here at um, the West Midtown location, and we have eight different IPAs on all the time. Wow. And we have four five-barrel fermenters, two ten-barrel fermenters, and a small uh, Andritz five-barrel brew house, which is our experimental brew house. Nice. And so we're making two different batches a week. Um, and these, you know, IPAs are great because they ferment fast. And so you're getting a new one every 12 to 16, 18 days. That's awesome. Yeah. And we've got a lot of really, really capable brewers, people who have great ideas, who are really smart, who say, you know, they write up a recipe and say, this is what I want to try. I want to do... I've been reading a lot about Vic Secret. I'm pumped about it. Can I get on the brew house? We write them in the schedule. They brew it up. It goes on the hop hut. Our guests come in. Our customers come in. They rate it on Untapped. Nice. Um, everyone's favorite. <laughs> um, just like you could talk a lot about Untapped rates ratings, but um, you know we actually they're important. Um, we, yeah. It gives you a good idea: do people like this or not? And especially when it's a banger, like it's an IPA, which is Peter's phrase. It's a club banger, uh, <laughs> you know. And if you're gonna get an IPA that's like four and a half uh, stars, and you've got 60, 80, 100 people trying it. We say, okay, maybe we should look into this more. And so we brew another batch and see how it does. And then it gets kind of ultimately upgraded till we release it in cans. Wow. That's awesome. I'm so excited. I'm going to show Rachel a little bit of love, too. She talked about getting people on the fermenter, on the, on, on the tanks. That scheduling is one of the most difficult things, like, I've ever seen because we've got to keep that liquid in tanks and just kind of continuing process it out, whether it be, you know, get the liquid in, get it fermented, get it in cans, get it out to market. And it's a it's a Herculean job to kind of keep all of that organized and all the cats properly herded. So so <laughs> that's that's I think one of the maybe unheralded or maybe not not the most fun part of your job, Rachel, but it's like you yeah, guys manage that so well. Yeah. I mean everybody says brewers are like uh, anarchist cats, you know? And so trying to like get these anarchist cats organized around this time-sensitive project and especially if you're going to go to market then you've got to get your colas and your labels and there's a lead time and there's a massive lead time on printed cans right now so you're you know you're, you're working really far ahead um, on a perishable product yeah so kind of balancing those two things is the magic yes that really is that's really impressive because I can't even that's just giving me a headache right now just thinking about it so being able to do that to time it like that is really really impressive and really cool to know that yeah, it's, it's a job. <laughs> we make it work, right? We make it work, yeah. yeah. And especially with the number of releases we do. Last year we did 100 unique beers. This year we will do more than that by 
a lot. Um, so we're, we want to keep our pipeline full. We want to give our brewers a chance to make great beers, and they have tons of great ideas. I mean, we don't brew every great idea because there's just not, you know, that there's not even the available taps between our two locations. We yeah. have 60, maybe correct me on this, Aaron, but like at least 60 different tap handles. Yes. So, um, yeah. I think it's, I think we've got 40, 40, 40 for both of them, and then we'll have 30 in Birmingham, though. So, right. So we're going to have, yeah, almost more than 60 by the time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So. There we go. That is huge. Make a lot of then, yeah. You know, and then bring them out to the market and make sure everything is good to go and then organize. Like I said, with the federal, we got to make sure the federal and state governments, their paperwork is in. Right. And I would say everyone's favorite flavor is new. You know, like this is true. Yeah. There are like true macro trends. Um, one of my favorite people is Bart Watson um, at the Brewers Association, who's their chief economist, and he's um, smart and an incredible speaker and um, I'm a fan of him, and, but so you know he does these like uh, power hours or these updates about the state of the state, right? The state of the Brunian or whatever, and um, he so he gets a lot of good data, but it's all like uh, big trend data from scan data. Um, I think they use like Nielsen, and um, that's interesting and true. So when he says IPAs are growing in a macro sense, that's true. But in our little area, in our little space, you know, we have beers that are more popular at our West Midtown location than at our garage location, which is five miles away. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little like ecosystem, a little microcosm at each brewery that you gotta kind of cater to. That's, we have these same 300 people who come once a month. What do they like? That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, I'm excited for everything coming up. Um, I'm excited for all the events. Keep us posted. And um, what's the best way to keep, keep track of Monday night? Well, you can hit. <laughs> Social media is the best way to do it. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, at Monday Night. And we also have uh, at Monday Night Garage as well. You can just go ahead and search on those uh, social platforms. And if you're interested, too, we've got a Birmingham uh, social feed, too, that we've got up uh, and running. Very, you know, we've got some updates, but it's, you know, we'll have that updated as we get the, uh, the building process along and coming and as that goes. Um, also, MondayNightBrewing.com. Uh, sign up for our email newsletter, too. You can do that at, uh, at our website. And I have a weekly newsletter about what's going on, too. So... Lots of ways to stay in touch. Erin, I love your radio voice. I was just thinking that is the best radio voice. Why, thank you. Right. Can you can you deliver the weather for us? Yes. Forecast for today calls for a high of 74, overnight lows in the mid-50s. See about a 40% chance of rain. Scattered showers uh, moving on through by tomorrow morning. Going to be a nice day at the bus stop tomorrow for the kids. The high of 85. Oh, my gosh. That's so Over impressive. I'm just round of applause yeah. for everybody. Bravo, bravo. That's absolutely useless uh, talent, I understand. It's, it's not useless. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having us out. It's so, so, so nice to finally like sit down and chat with you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Absolutely. Come by anytime, for real. fun and uh, I kind of want piranhas now I don't know about y'all <laughs> um, so you can visit Monday Night Brewing at their original location in West Midtown and then of course the garage at Lee and White and then their newest location in Birmingham Alabama 
super exciting. Can't wait for everything coming up. Um, one thing that they have coming out, it's actually already released the new Lundy IPA. It is freaking delicious. Um, it's made with mosaic Simcoe and Eldorado hops makes it super, super smooth. It's really approachable for people who aren't really like into that hop head feel. Um, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of dangerous though. 7.1% ABV. Um, but I love it. I have four cans still in my fridge and I'll probably drink those by the end of the day. And one more thing I'd like to announce. Uh, I am involved in a brand new festival. This is our first year. It is called Summer in the South. We are so excited for this festival. This is a fundraiser event for a new nonprofit organization that I'm helping form. The nonprofit organization will benefit independent filmmakers from all over the world, and it's incredibly close to my heart and very important to me. We will announce the name of the nonprofit organization and everything to go along with it at the festival, Um, but the festival itself is going to be incredible. We have stand-up comedy, we have independent films, we have... Q&As with the filmmakers, uh, panels with industry professionals in the film industry. Um, It's great for networking and also just to have a great time. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, This is happening again Labor Day weekend. So it starts Friday night, goes all day Saturday into Saturday night, and then all day Sunday. And this is going to be at the newest Wild Heaven location. This is on Leon White in the West End. Um, This location is incredible. We're so excited and privileged to be able to use this. Uh, It's an amazing space. It's going to be really beautiful. They've got great beer and they have, they also serve food. So it will just be an all around great time and I hope you guys can make it tickets. I'll um, do a link in the show notes to buy tickets through Eventbrite. And as always, thank you so much to Sweet Crude for our title song, Parlez-nous et bois, which is Cajun French for let's talk about drinking. (laughs) Every day is a school day. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two more weeks. Cheers. la volée Oh, parlez-nous à boire Non pas du mariage Toujours en regrettant Nos jolis temps passés Si que tu te manies Avec un vilain fille T'es dans le grand danger Faudra tu fais ta vie avec Oh, parlez-nous